Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Eve, even though it's 80 degrees outside. It is 80 degrees, and I'm so glad that you're here. My name is John Relly. I'm the senior pastor here, and it's an honor to be with you. We're going to sing some Christmas carols tonight. We're going to light this Advent wreath and celebrate that tomorrow's Christmas, the season of the church, the season of the year, where we get to begin anew as a child has come, Jesus, for us. Uh, and after we sing, there'll be some great videos, and my wife thinks that my sermon will be okay. So <laughs> my hope is tonight that we are able to welcome Jesus into all of life, especially in this Christmas season. So would you stand with me as we begin? And Destiny leads us tonight in some wonderful carols.
So we light the center candle tonight of the Advent wreath called the Jesus candle. We celebrate his coming into the world and offering himself to our hearts. In Philippians, Paul writes about Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And in Colossians, we find these words. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. John writes, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for sending him. We thank you that you have made him one of us. And we just long to be received by you and brought into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
You can imagine being in a stable maybe so many years ago. You can imagine there's babies around tonight. You can imagine them being there, little kids, all kind of commotion. If we could sing, oh, come, let us adore him once again and just have in your mind, what would it be like to be there before Jesus, the king of the world, God in the flesh being there with us? Can we just sing one more time? Oh, come, let us adore him. Let's adore him. So tonight, we adore you, Lord. We set apart this night. We don't set apart any other nights for church services, God, typically. But tonight, we set it apart for you to come and adore you, to recognize that you've come in the flesh, to recognize that you're here. And so we consecrate this night, God, that it wouldn't be anything else except for that, that it wouldn't be some religious ceremony, that it wouldn't be some whatever holiday, God, but it would be more than that. It would be you coming and us adoring you, that it would be an encounter with you, God, that we would fall in love with you tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you be seated? You don't, I mean, it would be awkward if you kept standing. So that's what I'm saying. If you, would, if you would sit, you'd be more comfortable. Destiny, thanks so much for leading us tonight. And we'll sing a couple more songs tonight as well. Tonight is Christmas Eve. And in this Christmas Eve, I, I really want to lean into what God may have for us. I think he has a lot for us tonight. I'm so hopeful for what God could give to us tonight. Why tonight on a different night? Because there's candles, there's lights, there's Christmas trees. There's people that would not, I mean, some of you were bribed to be here. I mean, come on, this is an important night. Now it's special. We have a sense of expectation that tonight could be different. And so in that, I want us to get the Christmas story really well. And so, uh, our, we have a partner in uh, the Bible Project, and they put together a video for Christmas, for this night. And so we're going to play it, and then I'll come back up and tell us all that's going on for the rest of the evening, because we have an adventure in store. Carol, would you play the video? The Gospel of Luke. Luke investigated many of the earliest eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus, and then composed this account. And the story begins up in the hills of Jerusalem, the place where Israel's ancient prophets said that God himself would come one day to establish his kingdom over all the earth. In this city is the temple run by the priests. And one of them, named Zechariah, was working in the temple when he had a vision that freaks him out. An angel appears and says that he and his wife will have a son. What's this all about? Well, Zechariah and his wife, we're told, are very old. They've never been able to have children. And Luke's setting up a parallel here with Abraham and Sarah, the great ancestors of Israel, because they too were very old and could never have kids. Yet God gave them a son, Isaac, which is how the whole story of Israel began. And so Luke's implying here that God's about to do something that significant for this people once again. The angel tells Zechariah to name the son John. And then he says that this son's going to fulfill a promise of Israel's ancient prophets that somebody would come one day to prepare Israel to meet their God when he arrived to rule in Jerusalem. 
because right now Jerusalem is ruled by the Romans. Yeah, specifically, it's governed by a man named Herod, who's a puppet king under the Roman Empire. And so the Jewish people wanted nothing more than to be free and govern themselves in their own land. So this is shocking news. Everything's going to change. God's on his way. But how is he going to arrive? Well, to find out, Luke takes us out of Jerusalem and then up into a small town in the hills of an out-of-the-way region called Galilee. There we find a young woman named Mariam, or we call her Mary. She was engaged to be married. And then an angel appears to Mary, saying that she's going to have a son. She's supposed to name him Jesus, which in Hebrew means the Lord saves. And he will be a king like David, who will rule over God's people forever. And then Mary asks, okay, well, how is this possible? Because I'm a virgin. And she's told that the same Holy Spirit that brought life and light out of darkness in Genesis chapter 1 is going to generate life inside her womb. God is about to bind himself to humanity through the conception and the birth of the Messiah. And so Mary goes from some backwoods no-name girl to the future mother of the king? Exactly. In fact, she sings a song about how this reversal of her own social status points to a greater upheaval to come. Through her son, God's going to bring down rulers from their thrones and exalt the poor and the humble. He's going to turn the whole world order upside down. So when Mary was really pregnant, she and her fiancé, Joseph, had to go down to Bethlehem. Yeah, there was a decree across the Roman Empire about new taxes, and so everybody had to go get registered in the town of their family line. There were so many visitors in Bethlehem, they can't find a guest room. And so the only place they can find is a spot where animals sleep. Now nearby were some shepherds with their flocks, and an angel appears, which, of course, freaks them out. But they're told to celebrate, because tonight in Bethlehem, a savior has been born. Yeah, they're told to go and find this baby, and they'll know that it's the Messiah because he's going to be wrapped up and laying in a grimy feeding trough. Yeah, which is pretty gross. Totally. And then these shepherds, who aren't very clean themselves, they go and find the newborn Jesus in this really dingy place, and their minds are blown. They go home wondering what on earth is about to happen. And this is all really strange. I mean, if God's really coming to save the world, this isn't how you would expect him to arrive. Born in an animal shelter to a teenage girl, celebrated by no-name shepherds. Exactly. I mean, everything is backwards in Luke's story, and that's the point. He is showing how God's kingdom was first revealed in these dirty places among the poor, because Jesus is here to bring salvation by turning our world order upside down. Tonight, we're serious about this. This is true. What you just watched, it's documented. It's testified to. Do you know how many people it took to actually document that this is really what happened? And it's completely changed the world. And it's really good. It's really true. It's really good. It's actually relevant over the, the next years. I mean, up until now, Christians, followers of Jesus, changed the world because of this. All of a sudden, women weren't seen as property anymore. All of a sudden, children weren't seen as throwaway anymore. In Roman culture, they were just thrown away. All of a sudden, slaves were being set free and treated really, really well. All of a sudden, people who were poor but weren't related to you were being fed. All of a sudden, for the last 2,000 years, this changed the whole entire world. Everything has changed. And so I'm just wondering if we're taking it seriously tonight. 
if we're taking it seriously, that Christmas has really changed the world, and something tonight could be so special that we could be changed. Well, I have something very, very important to discuss before we get to the meat of tonight. We have a problem in our family, and as pastor, I want to make sure that we're addressing it tonight. And it's that I don't have a favorite Christmas video. I don't have a favorite Christmas movie. All week, my wife and my daughter have been watching these movies, these romantic comedy Christmas movies, and they are not my favorite at all. Have you seen them? Slow dancing to Silent Night? What is going on? This is not what the world is supposed to be. So I need your help, and you're going to vote tonight on what my favorite Christmas movie should be. Are you ready? Up on the screen, we have a selection. And you are going to cheer for what my favorite Christmas movie will be. Are you, see? All right. The emotional votes are happening already. I hear them coming out. Are you ready? I know some of you don't have all of these. That you get something else. Too bad. Pick your best out of these nine. I picked nine. That's a lot. So cheer. You're going you're gonna to celebrate. And those of you online tonight, thank you for joining us as well. Please vote. Please vote for what your vote is. Okay, so out of cheers, whose favorite, what, if my favorite Christmas movie should be, number one, give a cheer. Just start. All right, not so bad. Okay, number one has some votes. Number two. Number two. Oh, okay, we got one. Oh, see? We got a bold one in the audience. That's fantastic. Okay, good. Number three. Oh, that was the kindest yay I've ever heard. Okay, good. Number four. Oh, okay. Awesome. A silent one. Good. Number five. Okay, some in the back. Great. Shouldn't have picked those. Number six. Oh, okay. Oh, this is good. This is good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Good. Fell asleep to that one the other night. Number seven. Oh, oh number seven. Some action movie buffs. I mean, don't we like some surround sound and blowing up for Christmas, right? Okay, number eight. All right, all right, I've picked poorly, I guess. Number nine. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so it sounds like, it sounds like number six one. Are you, are you agreed? Yeah. Six, number six one. And online votes? Any online votes? No, they're too, they're, they don't want to get involved. It's too political for them. I understand. It's that kind of season we're just in right now. Jesus has come, and all of these movies have been made, and I don't have a favorite one, so now you've confirmed that number six should be my favorite Christmas movie, and it is, and I'll tell you, it's because of one scene in particular. Would you play that scene? I've prepped all this. I knew how you would vote. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about.
lights, please? And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Isn't that a great clip? You can clap. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. The scripture we've been following for this whole series as we've been going through Advent is John chapter 8, verse 12. Jan uh, read it before. I'm going to read it one more time. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. All right, so a couple quick questions. How do we know if we're really walking in darkness? If you want, each one of us can get up and we can do a vote. We can cheer. Is this the dark part of your life? Yay, no, you're walking in the light. We can all give our emotional vote to what dark and light is, but I don't think that's going to work. How do we know if we're walking in the darkness? Well, very, very important. Right before this verse, there's a very important thing that happens. There's a woman and she's caught in adultery, publicly. Public. Can you imagine being caught, being brought publicly before people? There were these men, they were trying to be religious, I guess, and they were about to stone her. And Jesus interferes, and he goes to them, and he says, what do you think you're doing? And he starts writing mysteriously in the ground. We don't know what Jesus is doing there, but they start walking away one by one, and the only one that's left is this woman. And he says something very powerful to this woman. And I don't have it in front of me. Here it is. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. And from now on, go and sin no more. So we had a bunch of guys, and they were giving their emotional vote as to what was going on. They brought this woman up, and they said, okay, let's all decide. Is she walking in darkness, or is she walking in light? And they all made a decision, and they were going to end her. And Jesus said, no. If you want to end her, who knows what he said? He wrote in the, in the dust. But then he goes to her, and he says, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. So there's something very different going on here. It's not an emotional vote. All of a sudden, he takes out all the feelings about what should be and shouldn't be, what grosses us out about that situation. And he says, that's not what's going on here. I'm here. Jesus said, if I'm here, then you have light. And you don't walk in darkness anymore. That's it. How we know whether or not we're walking in darkness or not is whether or not Jesus is there. 
Was the woman committing adultery? Was she in sin? For sure. Did he say, go and sin no more? Absolutely. But then he says, hey, y'all, whether she did it or not, whether you've done something horrible or not, how you know you're walking in darkness or walking in light is if I'm there. If I'm there, you're not in darkness anymore. Jesus said it. I am the light of the world. So how do we know if we're walking in darkness? It's if Jesus is there. It has nothing to do with what we think is right or wrong. I don't know what isms you're coming to the party tonight with. It could be atheism, agnosticism, could be uh, Judaism, Islam, uh, whatever. I don't know what you're bringing tonight, but I want to let you know that all of those emotional votes don't do a thing about the important things in this world. The important things in this world are too important for an emotional vote. All of a sudden, new news of how the pandemic is turning differently, uh, different wars going on. But that doesn't compare to what you guys are dealing with every day. How do I raise my kids? How do I make decisions for my future? What do I do with my workmates? All of that can't deal with an emotional vote. We can't go to that and say, well, that's my favorite way, and then I'm going to go with it, because every emotional vote clashes with all the others. I mean, thankfully, we didn't have a fight about the Christmas movies. You, you diehard fans, I don't know what would have happened. Is it a Christmas movie? Isn't it a Christmas movie? Nobody cares that much, I guess. <laughs> the things that are going on in your life and the things that are going on in the world are too important for an emotional vote. They can't just be what you're feeling inside. The only way we know if Jesus is welcome there is if he's there. What do you mean, John, if he's there? He came. That was 2,000 years ago. No. Jesus is alive. Jesus died on the cross, was risen from the dead, and then sent out his Holy Spirit to be with us. So in a practical way, this isn't a very proud thing. I'm not trying to, to push the way I do things on you, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus is real and he's alive. And if you want him there in your life, with all that's going on, he can be there for you. I wake up in the morning. I go into the scriptures. Sometimes I just open it up randomly. Sometimes I go through a book. And after I read the scripture, I start listing out all of those important things in my life. All of those important things that are much bigger than me going through the day saying, how do I feel about this? And so instead, I tell Jesus how I feel about them. Jesus, this is how I feel about what's going on in my family. Jesus, this is how I feel about what's going on in the world. What do you think? We don't follow religion here. We don't follow an ism. We don't follow a book that was written 2,000 years ago without a voice that's going on today. Today, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through the scriptures. Jesus has come so that we wouldn't be alone in the biggest things of life. God with us. If he's there, if he's there, then there's no more darkness. And so all of a sudden, as I write out all of my anxieties, all the things that I want, all the things that I'm concerned about, I say, Jesus, what do you think? Do you know that God actually speaks and he's alive? I don't want to follow Jesus if he's not alive. I want to take him at his word. This is real. This is really real. God can speak into your life. And I don't want to follow a faith any other way. I don't want to be about a community in any other way. I just want to follow Jesus, the one that's alive the one that can actually speak. And so he speaks to me. It's not an emotional vote. 
Things are too important for an emotional vote. They need the very person of Jesus. And can I tell you, he loves you so much. He loves you. The whole reason that God has come in the flesh is because he loves you so much. He doesn't want to leave you alone. He doesn't want you to be left to the stresses of life and what you see in the world alone. He wants to be with you. He wants to be God with you. He wants to bring light. So what does it look like to actually follow Jesus? That's a piece. But before you leave tonight, there's also an invitation to something that we call Alpha. Alpha is something very practical that allows you to be able to learn how to actually connect with Jesus. We want this for you. We want this to continue to practice and actually hearing God's voice because we want more people to walk in the light and not in darkness. That's the difference. Now, the other thing I want to welcome you into as we welcome Jesus into all of life is something that we're going to do as a tradition tonight as part of our Christmas Eve service. As you leave tonight, we're giving you an assignment. We hope that tonight you would actually welcome Jesus into life and that you would leave with that light into the darkness. We have cookies made for you. If you brought some, that's great. We've combined them all. We have these plates of cookies for you to bring out all the people that are working tonight. Hospitals, police stations, HUB, gas stations, whatever. Because this world needs more than emotions. It needs actual light. And we believe that as you have an encounter with Jesus and his light, real encounter you might have tonight, I believe that you will. I believe you can that there may be a chance that you actually fall in love with him, that you actually get a, just get this picture of the kind of Jesus that makes a world so different, that children are seen differently, women are seen differently, slaves are seen differently, that the world is completely changed because of his effect on the world. That you would go out and you would engage the world with sugar. <laughs> with love with a practical engagement of love for folks that wouldn't have had it otherwise, that have probably been argued at tonight in all kinds of different ways, but instead you go here. And you may even be bold to say, he loves you, Jesus loves you, and that's what Christmas is all about. What's going on in our lives, what's going on in their lives is too important to just leave things to emotional vote. God with us, he has come and he has said, I'm the light. And if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness anymore. This is what Christmas is all about. This is what Christmas is all about. If you would stand with me, I'm going to ask for my beautiful wife to bring up a candle for me. This light we're going to pass around. And here's the hope. Yeah, it's fun, and shoot, you can Instagram it, enjoy yourself. But what this is really about is about welcoming Jesus into all of life. Would you consider it as the flame comes to you? Would you say, Jesus, I do welcome you. I do want an actual intimate relationship with you. I don't want to walk in some religion, some distant way anymore, some ism. I don't want to have any emotional vote towards what's going on in my life. I want to welcome you into all of life. And as you receive this light, would you receive him tonight? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to be my light.
Joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven. 
Tonight is consequential. The night that Jesus is born is consequential. It changes everything. And as he's, wel he's welcomed into all of life, the world changes. Do you want to be part of that story? Are there parts of your life that are so consequential that you need the living Jesus to speak into them? Not some religion, not some tradition, but is your life that important? Are things going on so important that you need him to speak? Are there things in the world that you're passionate about that you want Jesus to speak into and lead you as he has Christians for 2,000 years to change the world? This is what Christmas begins. We welcome Jesus into all of life, that the light as we follow him would be the light of the world, and that as we follow him, there would be no more darkness. Let it be, Lord. Let it be in us. Let it be in the world, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you go in peace? Merry Christmas. As you leave tonight, please take a tray of cookies. Bring that love of Jesus as an engagement into the world. Remember, Alpha is coming in February, a great place to learn how to hear Jesus for your life. And uh, we hope to see you soon. Merry Christmas. Amen.